opportunity to be able to be gathered not only here in this place but those of you that are gathered in your homes your office your car wherever you are to be able to be gathered under the auspices of the word of God of this hour we greet you tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus from a pretty much empty sanctuary empty as far as what we're able to see but we've already sensed there's more beings here than what we're able to see with our natural eye. We're so grateful that the Lord helps us during these times to be able to compensate and, and make the difference for us. And um, I know the sad part about it is that we can't be together, but I really believe with all of my heart that we're doing the right thing as far as um, trying to uh, suppress this virus and things that are, that are going on. I heard today of a, um, a message church, a small assembly, or a sister had been infected unknowingly of course and um, the very last service apparently that they were together um, uh, they found out about it a little time later so now the members of the assembly is going to have to be tested plus the pastor heard of another group this afternoon which is a little different scenario but anyway uh, someone from that assembly last week um, was also affected and now they're not sure how many hundreds might possibly be exposed to it so this is our reason for going the way that we have, and uh, I believe the Lord will help us through this time. It's certainly not by choice of any of us, uh, but we're, we're grateful that God's helped us, thankful for the internet that we can be able to stream it. What I find amazing about it is a lot of the preachers just blasted the internet, now they're using it yourself. So you think, wow, how times change, but we're grateful that we've, we've uh, been able to have this as a tool that God can help us. I'd like to uh, continue the sermon that I started um, a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night when I was so rudely interrupted by the devil. So we'd like to uh, look at that again tonight, if we could, by the help of the Lord. Um, Job chapter 1, verse 8. Um, I think that we're able to see by all the things that's going on and um, this virus thing, of course, that's going on. Not only that, but suicides and murders that are going on because of it. Read today where a man had killed his wife and then taken his own life because of the fear of the coronavirus. And just last week, a nurse up in the northern part of the United States had taken her life because of fear of the coronavirus. So um, there's a lot of things that are going on. And we, we know by Satan's being, the way he is, he loves this type of situation. It's hard for us to imagine such a being. Job chapter 1, verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, As thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God 
and escheweth evil or avoids evil or stays away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Now we know this is the initial trial and God's going to let a lot of things happen before phase two comes out. I'm sure that during this time that we're all going through that God's going to help us to be able to come out on the other side of this with greater victory in our lives. I'm sure it's what we all want. Let's bow our heads together and pray and ask God's blessings on the word. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful tonight, Father, that we could be gathered together. I thank you, Lord, for the brothers that have been willing to come out and to sing and the musicians, the brothers on the internet, the brothers upstairs. It's making it available for the people, Father, to be able to stream. We ask your blessings on the service tonight, Lord, and I pray once again that you'd help me get out of the way. May the Spirit of God just fall here among us, and Lord, not only for the visible audience, but for the invisible. You know our needs are many. God, we're asking you daily for your mercy, that you'd intervene for our world and for our nation, Heavenly Father. We pray, dear God, for your mercy. We know Satan loves to steal, kill, and destroy, but we know that's not your nature, Father. So we pray tonight for an intervention. We ask God for the microbiologists, for the scientists, for all of those that are studying these things, Lord. In the name of Jesus, may the Spirit of God help them to break into that that unseen world, Lord God, to be able to find a cure for this, Lord. We love you, Father. We believe that you will. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus that we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you, saints, out on the internet tonight. I know that as us trying to look at Satan and understand his being, he is so different from our Father. He is so different from what we know as being our God. He's merciful. He's loving. He's kind. He's generous. He's he's so absolutely indefinable, really, as far as our terms that we would know. But when we look at the devil and know that he is the very opposite, everything that Jesus is in love and mercy and kindness and tenderness, slow to wrath and slow to anger, the devil is the exact opposite. For us to be able to look at them, it would be from one direction to the other, the contrast between them. We see by this very setting again of Job as we pull it up again and look at it, that God knew that he had a man on the earth that was a perfect and an upright man. But God also knew that Job had the kind of gold that could be tried. And we know the people of God are not known just by word alone. Well, I'm this and I'm that and I'm something else. But God allows his people to be a tested people and a tried people. And we know that if we've got good gold, we should not be afraid of the fire. But we also know in order for that to be able to come out, it takes some pretty difficult trials and tests for be able to try them people and prove what they are. Let me read to you tonight something that the prophet said about Job and scriptural signs of the time. Job was the best man in the land in his days, the best man that God could find. Yet look what happened to him. He wasn't chastening him. He was trying him. But yet, there's such similarities to what chastening and trying can appear to be like. 
Because we know that the prophet taught us that if a son or daughter of God gets out of line with the Lord, that the Lord will allow a sickness to come upon them to be able to use it as a whip. But yet we know God does not make sickness. And we know that God is not the creator of evil. And we believe that all of Satan's power has to answer back to the power of God. So if God allows anything that would be negative as we would call it, or evil as we would call it to come against us, that power of Satan is ultimately controlled by the power of God. And Satan is merely like a dog, a mean dog, and he can seem so mean and so vicious, and he can snarl, and he can do all that he wants to. But just remember, he's on a chain. And he will only be able to go as close as God will allow him to go to your life. Now I guarantee you, a snarling dog on a chain can still be a scary dog if you're in biting range of that old boy's teeth. But we know that God has absolutely got everything in our lives under his control. Y'all believe that, I know. Now, if Satan can be able to mimic or impersonate what God does and confuse us on what's going on in our life, even though we may not blaspheme God and accuse God of evil, but yet we remain confused. So we don't know how to look at trying situations. Now, notice that Brother Brenham said he wasn't chastening him, but he was trying him. He was proving to Satan he had somebody that would be leave him in the face of difficult now there's only one way that God can do that to the devil Satan will not take just God saying so Satan don't believe the word and we know many times when God actually proves him but there's something about God taking human beings and writing out the expression of that testimony of God that has a more powerful don't ask me how it works but it has a more powerful impact and a more powerful emphasis as proof to the devil than what God's own written word does now the very book of Job and the life of Job proves this to us that God told the devil he already told him I've got a servant that there ain't another like him in all the earth and yet God told him that and Satan still refuted the very promise that God said so God said I'll tell you what I'll do I will take my own promise and I will let that promise be vindicated in the life of my servant and it will leave you totally speechless he argued with the word he debated with the word he questioned the word but whenever the word was made flesh through the trying time of the trial you know what it done it shut that devil's mouth now I can't explain how all of that works but I know that it happened but now look what Satan was trying to do and recognize your day brother man said Job never recognized that it was God as long as the devil can make you believe sometime the little trials you go through is God punishing you now, notice if he cannot get you to blaspheme, as I said, he cannot get you to, oh, I don't understand why God's doing this and God's doing that. But if he can convince you that God is punishing you, then he twists it around in your mind while well, I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And since I became a Christian, I don't understand what in the world is going on. Why is God punishing me? And Job was in that mindset. 
And Job was able by the Spirit of God to break into a realm of vision. But until he had access into that realm, he did not know what was going on. Now, in the face of difficult, God had a man on the earth that was able to believe him. Now, we're facing things right now that we've never faced before. We've never had a time. We've been knocked out by snow and ice and things like that. We've never had a time when the churches all over America, not only America, but around the world, our brothers and sisters in Africa, our brothers and sisters in India, our brothers and sisters in Mexico, in Honduras, in South America, all over the world are not able to have church because of what? The government? A virus. Not because they got guns and they're going to blow their heads off. Not because of that, but because of virus. Who would have ever thought that we would have not been able to have church because of that? But yet Almighty God knew this hour would come and I'm so glad he's prepared us for it. We believe the church of the living God will come through this out on the other side stronger than she's ever been before. Now we know that this will destroy a lot of people. We know it will destroy, no doubt, a lot of businesses. It will destroy. I heard just this past week one of the most profitable things that's going on right now in this coronavirus is divorce lawyers. Because people are spending more time together than they have in years and years and they're finding out they really don't love that man that they were married to or that woman and divorces have ramped up unbelievable in the last few weeks. Well, praise God. Aren't you glad you still love her, brothers? Amen. you, You realize what does it do? Stress. It brings out such weakness in the lives of people. And here is where Job was when he was going through this time. Now, let's jump to Job chapter 2 verse 3. After the first phase of the trial brings through. And then the Lord said unto Satan, As thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Now this part was what was said in phase 1 in chapter 1 that we just read. But now God is going to add something to the testimony of Job's life, more words that was going to be vindicated in the life of a man. And he still holdeth fast his integrity. Now how was it these words were added? By losing his children? By losing his cattle, by losing his donkeys, by losing nearly everything around him. Look at what it cost him for God to be able to add those few words to his life. Now look at us. God may testify about us. I've got a faithful servant, a faithful daughter. They live right. They're true. But what if God wants to add more to our testimony? That he can say they've loved me in the time of test. They love me in the time of opposition. Well, there's one way God will be able to prove that testimony to the devil. And that is allow us to go through those things. Apparently God had some things he wanted to add about his bride in this last day. He wanted to prove to the devil. The devil said, you know what? No doubt some of them people, they're just babies. They can love you as long as they can go to church and all everything's going good. They got gas money and they got this and that and the other. But I'll tell you what, let me strike the lamb. 
Let me strike the lamb of the virus and let me shut up the churches and let me cause them to go on unemployment and lose their jobs and let this happen and let that happen. I imagine God already said, devil, I'll tell you what you can do. You can go ahead and do all the things that you said above, but when you are done, my people will love me more. They will appreciate church more. They'll appreciate just being able to go up and shake one another's hand and put their arm around that brother's neck. Devil, I'm telling you, before you ever do it, you ain't going to knock my people down. I don't care how hard you try. I don't care what you say. All the devil said, let me do it. Some of them preachers will get so down, they'll get so discouraged and God said, you can't do it. I'll tell you what my men will do. They'll go to church and they'll preach to three or four. While they'll get so discouraged, the devil said, they can't preach to an empty building. God said, they'll do it. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll send my angels down and they'll line them pews. They'll line them rows up and down in there and it'll surprise the preacher and the song leader and the musician, even the people that stream it. It will feel like there's a building full because in reality, there will be. I will send down my presence in such a way that my people will be overwhelmed by what I do during this time. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, devil up front, they will overcome you. They will put their foot right on your neck and say, you thought you would knock me out, but you never done it. Oh, hallelujah. The very same character and the testimony now that God had made about him in chapter 1. God is able to add more words. Oh, I'll tell you, this is my desire when we come through this virus thing and we're able to resume normality of our lives. I want words added to my testimony, don't you, brothers? I want words. Don't you, streamers, tonight? Don't you want God to be able to add words? And Satan said, I'll have a bunch of them to backslide. While they're living under the coattail of the preacher, while the deacons don't know what they're doing, God said you won't do it devil you won't do it they'll pray they'll read their Bible they'll be so hungry in their heart to go to the house of God I tell you devil right now I will defeat you through my bride Amen. You know what, Job, it might have looked like that he was a loser, but Job wasn't a loser. He had gained more words in his testimony by the afflictions and the trials that he had endured. And God said, still he holdeth fast his integrity. All the efforts that you have done, Satan, you have moved me. You have actually moved, not just suggested, but you have entreated me. But this man is perfect in his testimony. Testimony. Oh my, he's still loving me. He's still serving me. He's not recanted his faith. He don't understand what's going on. I give him no rhyme of words. I give him no vision. He don't even know why I'm doing this, but he's still faithful to me. Oh God, let me be that type of an individual. Notice this, and the Lord said unto Satan, if you considered my servant Job, there's none like him in the earth. A perfect and an upright man that feareth God and eschewest evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without cause. He's so purposed and requested before God, as if though he was begging God, please, I urge you to do this. I urge you to do it. And Satan answered the Lord, and said skin for skin yea all that a man has will he give his life now even now Satan would not acknowledge well I'll have to admit it he's stronger than what I thought he was well I, you know I, I hate to admit I'm wrong no the devil ain't that type of a being he's the type of being that'll look God right square in the face
place and argue on his word. So I'll tell you one thing, if he'll do God that way, he'll do me and you that way so we need to know where we stand. And Satan would not as yet own up that Job is actually this kind of man. So he's still suggesting to God, well, the bottom line is, you took his children, you took his cattle, his asses, his donkeys, all that sort of thing. But in reality, you've not touched his own body. So skin for skin, if it comes right down to it, if you will allow me to touch his own body, let him lose his health. Oh, sure, he can pray for other people when they're sick and tell them to have faith. He can have great faith and see miracles performed while watching you do it. But let me touch his own body and see how much faith he has. Let me touch him. Let me touch the preacher man. Let me touch the man that you've used to help people and lay hands on them and watch you miraculously one thing after another after another. But I'll tell you what, God, you let me get a hold of him. I'll make him so weak and so puny. I'll make him doubt. I'll make him question. And God said, you can't do it. You can't do it. You know why the prophet said he could say that about Job? Him and Job had been fellowshipping. He knew the kind of man that Job was. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It was not sufficient for him to be able to come. Oh my. And to be able, no, that's not enough, God. Oh, you took this and you took that. But skin for skin, bring it right down to it. And let the trials come more personal to himself. And then you'll see what's really in the man. Now, Satan is judging Job by the average human being. Now we know that Job is not a Jew. Job is actually a Gentile. He was not of the Hebrews as far as the Hebrews go. So he was a perfect type of course of the Gentile believer. And looking at it, Job knew that he had obeyed God's word to the letter. So he could not understand why this was going on. And Satan was going to try to prod him through that open avenue to confuse him. So Satan looked at him and said, he's like all other men. Let it come right down to it and he'll deny you. Let me turn these things inward toward his own flesh and he'll deny you skin for skin I promise you God now notice this in verse 5 when God now begins to move oh Lord you talking about a scary time for a believer and Satan answered the Lord and said verse 4 skin for skin yea all that a man hath will he give for his life now here Satan is judging Job by the estimate of every other human being on the earth that's what all the rest of them look like but verse 5 he said but put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse thee to thy face. Now God could have called him a liar right there and said, you're a liar. I know him. But God had to prove this word through a man. Praise be to God. Now God could have said, I know, but you see our character is not made by foreknowledge. God could have said, I foresee the situation. And I'll tell you day by day what will happen. And I'm just going to spare my son from going through this. And I'm going to tell you the end result by my foreknowledge. But God said, no, I am going to let this be lived out of the life of my servant Job. Now watch him. He always really attacking Job's character. Put forth thine hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. Notice what he's doing. He's bringing it now into Job. Job's own body. It was his son. It was his daughter. It 
was his camel. But you said, you bring it on down to him. Just bring it on down here. Let him get sick. Let him get a bad doctor's report. Let him go to the hospital. Let, let there's something to hand him. Oh, that's when all men will turn their back on you. God said, he won't do it. I got confidence in my servant. He won't do it. But in order to prove that you're a bald-faced liar, I'm going to let my son go through this and I'm not even going to prove it to you by my foreknowledge. I'm going to let him by his life prove it to you. He's going to prove that you are a liar. Did Job prove the devil was a liar? He said, Lo, you touch his bone, touch his flesh, and he will curse you to your face. Satan proved the devil was a liar. Glory to God, I feel like shouting a little bit. That's the way I want my life to be. I don't want God got to baby me and shelter me and put me in a glass bubble somewhere, but I want God to be able to take my life and let my life and your life, brothers and sisters, those of you that are streaming as well, that our life that God can say, I've got sons, I've got daughters, I've got young people, I've got young men, I've got young women, and Satan said, I'll get them with rock and roll. God said, you won't do it. You won't do it. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Instead of me telling you, I'm going to let them tell you. I'm going to let them tell you every day they live on the earth. They'll fall. They'll fall flat on their face, but they won't stay there. They'll get up again and they'll box your jaws, devil. They'll prove to you that they live my word. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. The Lord saw fit for generations to come to try this man and allow it to be written in a book so countless of people would be blessed by this one man's experience. Now if God would have wrote only about his cattle and his donkeys and his mules, I'd been fine. Most of us have never had them many mules. I don't know what I'd do with them in the first place. What, what would I do with a bunch of camels? So I can't be like Job in that sense. But I want to be like Job in this sense. Hallelujah. So God, he allowed it to be written even when the Lord Jesus comes to the earth. He said, have you not read and heard of the patience of Job? Now listen in verse 6. This is frightening and humanly in the life of a believer. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand. Oh, there's no way we can imagine how Lucifer must have felt when he heard those words. This, Brother Louis, is what he was desiring to hear. I imagine he loves to hear it about each of us. Oh, if this still goes on in heaven and it goes before God about me or about you or any of God's believing children and God actually gives him a moment of time, as it were, or a month or a year, which the book of Job covers about the span of a year, they say that God says, go ahead. But I want you to notice that Satan is not omnipotent. 
And that Satan cannot harm a son or daughter of God just because he wants to. Well, everyone would be dead tonight if he did it because he wanted to. But it shows and proves to us that even though God does not make evil, that when he allows evil to come against us, it cannot happen without God's permission. And if he permits it, he's not doing it to be mean. But he wants to teach us a lesson. Or maybe use our life as a mighty influence to the lives. How many millions of people down through time have been affected by the story of Job? How many people down through time have been blessed? If God would have just put all the blessings in us, oh yeah, he was a rich man, but I ain't no rich man. He was a great man from the land of us and had all this and that and the other. But God didn't pick his life and point out just the blessed part. But he picked out his life and pointed out the trials and the tests and the low parts in his life. Oh my. Satan's power. Well, I love saying this. Satan's power is still under God's control. Does Satan have a power? He does. But he can't use it as he wants to on the people of God. Now on his own, look what he's doing in the world. He loves this type of thing that's going on. He loves fear. He loves trauma. He loves drama. He loves all this stuff. But listen, brother, sister, he cannot touch you unless the hand of God says so. Praise be to God. Notice the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand. But save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. So with leave and license and authority. He don't wait a week, Brother Louie. He don't wait a month. Can you imagine? He goes straight from the presence of God and Job just doing whatever he was doing in this broken down state and all of a sudden, boils start breaking out all over his body. You think you've had rashes before and something come over you? Nothing like this. Boils that come out from the sole of his feet to the crown, or as we'd say, the top of his head. Now Satan is given a fresh grant from the presence of God to attack his most perfect servant. Immediately eager to carry out the execution given by God. Notice in verse 8. And he took him a potsherd, which was a piece of broken pottery. Himself was all, and he sat down among the ashes. Now you imagine what a state this man goes through, that he's this rich man of the east. Princes bowed to him in the marketplace. Aged men looked to him for wisdom. The young would bow as he would come in. Oh, Mr. Job, great servant of God, we admire you for your great wisdom. He had servants, he had men servants, he had men that took care of his cattle and his horses and so on. No doubt every major doctor in the land would love to have been a friend to Job. 
But immediately when this strikes him, the man has no doctor, no nurse. Even his wife won't come around. Now I hope you understand what I'm going to say. It's something about God's way in the, in the, the, the nature of his attributes when he tries a man to such a degree as this. That he would not even allow his family. Job had brothers and sisters and cousins and all kinds of family members. But you know what Job said about them? He said the Lord drove them away from him. There was not one of his family members that come to call on him, to text him, to email him, as we would say in our modern terms. Who was it that did that? God did. Well, praise the Lord. Now, y'all want to make sure you want to be like Job, right? Yet we go through things and people call us and text us and this and that and the other. And we say, I'm like Job. I don't think so. I don't think you're like Job. Job had no one. He had no one. Absolutely no one. Including God. That would encourage him. It wasn't God that, come on now, Job, come on, you can do it. And, and, and you know, every day on Job's phone, he'd get this little smiley face or emoji. Or, and somebody would send him a scripture, you know, the scripture of the day. He, he didn't have that. He had no inspiration of God, no dream, no vision, no feeling, no sensation, no preacher, no deacon, nobody. What a man. No surgeon would come near him. So to supple, to put oil, Brother Louie, on his skin and make his skin soft. So he would take a piece of broken pottery, a pot shirt as it was called, and he would take it and scrub himself and rake himself because this was itching. And pus was oozing out of these places. So he would take that piece of broken crock and, and scrape the pus and all the stuff that was on him. You imagine from his head down to his feet, sitting in an ash heap. I just thought I had trials. Well, praise the Lord. And he sat down among the ashes, which was done, of course, in cases of mourning and humiliation. And he's doing it as, as an act of humility. So with God's permission, Satan has now attacked him. Now your God is doing this for a reason to better understand this man, to also bring the man to better understanding of him. But this other being gets pleasure out of watching him scrape himself. He gets pleasure out of his wife saying, curse God and die. Friends, this is the being that we are dealing with that in the hour of this virus, 4,000 ain't enough for him to die in America. He'd rather have 10,000 or 100,000 or 200,000. We're talking about a being that loves death and loves suffering and loves fear and trauma and heartache. Oh, happy day, happy day when God will destroy him. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. Whatever this disease was, it's really not been identified by scientists and doctors down through the ages. 
because of the varied symptoms, and I put some of this down so you'd be able to read it with me. Whatever it was, the symptoms were terrible. Severe itching, Job 2.8. Insomnia, verse 4. Running sores and scabs, verse 5. Nightmares, verses 13 and 14. Bad breaths, chapter 19, verse 17. Weight loss, chapter 19, verse 20. Chills and fever, chapter 21, verse 6. Diarrhea, chapter 30, verse 27. And blackened skin, chapter 30, verse 30. He was so severe that when his friends saw him afar off, they didn't even recognize this man. And Satan was having a heyday. You see, pain is a piercing arrow that Satan has in his quiver. It is one that saints of God have dealt with and the sages and the ancients from the Old Testament down through the New. And as we know, the people of God are not exempt from it. So he loves to stir up his agents of pain and cause them to afflict the people of God. Let me read you a few of the martyrs. Apollyona had all of her teeth pulled out of her head. Hence the papists or Catholics as we better know them make her the saint for toothaches. And they are the very ones that pulled every tooth out of her head. You see, this is something about the people of God that Satan and his demons cannot to this day understand. Satan watches how his people, many of them in the state of duress and heavy sorrows, they actually turn to the Lord. And turn away from the devil. As a matter of fact, I read a poll this week now where a great percentage of America are now praying. Yeah, a great percentage of them that said they hadn't prayed for many years. And even a small percentage of them said they had never prayed in their entire life. But they're praying that God will be merciful. Well, you know what that does to the kingdom of hell? Them people that don't even really believe in God and maybe their entire life never called on God and now they're praying and they're calling for God's mercy. That really proves from the conscience of man's inner soul that he knows there's a God somewhere. And he knows who has the answer for all of his problems. Now you imagine how that stirs up hell when many of these drunks, infidels, liars, unbelievers, and everything else. But yet in the midst of trouble, do they call on the devil? Oh, Satan, oh, Satan. No, they call on the lovely name of the Lord Jesus. And what does it do but the real people of God when they go through trials and tests instead of them running from God? Well, I'm quitting God. I'm quitting church. I'll tell you one thing. I ain't serving God. You'll never see no Holy Ghost filled child of God run from the baptism of the Holy Ghost and run back to a honky tonk. Now, you might see a church member, but you ain't never seen one and you never will that ever had that token of the Holy Ghost ever leave the Lord Jesus and run back to a honky-tonk because they cannot do it. They have already crossed the point of no return and they can't go back to the world. It's impossible. 
Hallelujah. But Satan has learned there's an element that breaks down every human being. Pain. Pain. Suffering. <laughs> Look at another sister named Blandina. Tired those that tortured her. She absolutely wore them out. Praise God. Can you imagine demons and Satan saying, what is wrong with these people? Theodorus was cruelly whipped, wrapped, and scraped with sharp shells. Whipped and wrapped. Y'all know what that is, I'm sure. Put on the rack. So they would tie the arms to one wheel, the legs to another, and they would pull and pull. Some of them would pull an arm off or pull a leg off. So they put her there, they whipped her, and then they racked her. And then they scraped her with sharp seashells by the command of Julian, but yielded not. Rose Allen, another sister, had her hand, Lord God, her wrist burnt by Justice Tyrell, who held a candle under it till the sinews break, that all the house heard them. So you imagine they hold a candle under her wrist, under her arm, until the sinews in her arm popped and broke, and the people inside the house heard it. Then violently thrusting her from him violently said, Oh, strong whore, wilt thou not cry? Thou shameless whore, thou beastly whore. Look what it done. It made them demon-possessed people more angry. They could not relate. What would many of them done? They would have said, Oh, God, have mercy. They would have not so hallelujah. They would have not cried on the devil. Oh, devil, pour it on me. But here was people of God, and it's beyond human understanding. It's beyond human reasoning. How could a human feel such pain, such personal pain? Satan said, they'll all break right here. Let me attack them personally. They'll all break. And God said, they won't. They won't. I can't wait to meet some of these sisters and brothers. As I've said, your hero may be Batman and Spider-Man and all them weird things. These are my heroes. These are the heroes, Brother Terrell, that I'm going to spend eternity with. But she quietly suffered his rage for a time and at last said, Sir... <laughs> Have you done what you will do? And he said, yea. And if thou think it not well, then mend it. Mend it, said she. Nay, the Lord mends you and give you repentance if it be his will. And now if you think it fit, begin at the feet and burn the head also. For he that sets you a work shall pay your wages one day. I warrant you. Oh, hallelujah. So it wasn't enough that her sinews pop like a rubber band in her arm. And then they do all the things to traumatize her. And he said, are you done? Oh, my. 
before Brother Gene Terrell passed away and even before Sister Jane passed away and I'd went over to see him and talk with him and pray with him and the doctor was saying one thing about him and another thing about her and he said, you know what, Brother Donnie, what I told the devil? I said, no, what? He said, I, I said, devil, is that the best you can do? Is that the best you can do? I thought, praise God. I know it sounds foolish to the eyes of the world because they don't understand real word-born people. All they know is cowards and cowardice that whenever it becomes, oh, I'm quitting going to church. I'm quitting going to church. People that quit in the midst of trouble ain't worthy to walk down streets of gold. How could we compare? And we're going to quit every time something comes up. And we walk up beside people like this. They gave their all. They gave they gave their bodies, they gave their minds, they gave their soul, and their flesh rolled off of their bodies at the stake. Oh, brother, sister, when we stand before them that day, oh my, I don't want to stand there and hang my head in shame because I was a little baby and a little coward that every time God let a trial come my way, I belly ached and babied and whined and cried. No, sir, I want to stand there beside these kind of people and say, God bless you, brother, sister. I am one of your fellow brothers. I lived in Laodicea. I was able to come to that testimony. And I want to tell you tonight, I believe there's a people on the earth that's going to do it. God's done said there's going to be a group in Laodicea. He's going to take our lives to prove that prophecy is true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice this. In Job chapter 42, verse 10. This is when the trials are coming to an end. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Wow. The friends that accused him of being a secret sinner. The friends that had not one good thing to say to him except for Elihu. But God did not turn the captivity of Job just because his fidelity and his truth remained true. But he had to pray for them, man. So it makes you wonder if there hadn't developed a little something between them. Oh, praise God. My, we can all treat one another so fine and dandy as long as we're all getting along good. But when somebody says something against us or does something against us, boy, boy, it's easy for us to go around and my, it's so important that we get our side of the story told in the church so everybody will know our side of the story. Preach, Brother Donnie. Now look, I can preach an amen if I have to. These brothers are doing a good job, even they're getting quiet now. But you know what? There was something about Job praying for his friends that brought the finale of his deliverance. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when, or in other words, based upon when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Now that would have been a very difficult battle for a lot of folks who think the people of God shouldn't have nothing. Now Job was already a rich man whenever this happened. But yet God turned it right around and God gave him twice as much as he had. Now Satan had challenged Job's integrity, notice now, and Job had successfully withstood the test. And it resulted after God had done talked about him and said what he'd done, now God's going to turn it right back around again. But notice, then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters 
And where were they when he was going through such a trial? And all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him. Wow. So Job is now restored. He's got his wealth back. He's got his home. His house is back. All these things are going great. And his brothers hear about it. And his sisters hear about it. And all of his acquaintance before his trials hear about it. And they all come over to Job's get well party. And they say, well, old Job, where you been? How you been doing, son? I heard you had a little bit of trials. And well, you know, I've just been really busy. And I've just been really caught up. And honestly, I wasn't sure if what you had might have been catching. And I didn't want to get it myself. So I decided I'd self-quarantine. You know, and kind of stay away from you a little bit, Joe. But notice then, after, isn't it amazing how humanity can do? That you'd think if there was ever a time, Brother Darrell, that they needed, he needed them and they needed to show their love for him, it was while he was going through it. Not when they come back and the man's all healed up now. He's sitting there clothed in purple again. All that, well, how you been doing, buddy? And they come up and say, poor old feller. Poor old feller. Lord have mercy. I don't know how in the world he went through it. Do you? You imagine they all just sat around, Lord, what a man. What a man. But where were they when he was going through it? Oh, I don't want to be that type of a friend. May we learn a lesson by this tonight. I want you to notice this in Job chapter 19 verse 13. He has put my brethren far from me. And mine acquaintance are verily estranged. And the word estranged is literally turned away from me with disgust. I hope you can understand this. It was actually God who caused him to turn away. Now this stumbles, folks. It stumbles them. Because they don't understand all of God's way. Brother Ram tells us about Mary and Martha and their brother was sick and they sent for Jesus. And Jesus tarried. And then, of course, they try to get him down, down there, and Jesus finally comes, and he tells them, he said, Lazarus is dead. We're sleeping. He said, well, that's good. That's, that's good. I'm glad he's asleep. He said, he's dead. And they said, well, let's go down with him. So here they come, four days late. All hope is gone. Brother Ben said, what if you send for your pastor? And your pastor didn't come. He delayed. And he said, you'd say, well, that sorry thing. He said, then how can he help you if you don't have confidence in him? But you see, do people understand that about a servant of God? They do not. They look at him like he's a 911 guy. That he ought to come at their disposal. Boy, when they need him, he's supposed to be right there. What if God tells him to delay? What if God doesn't give him an answer immediately for you? You're going to get mad at God or him? Most people are going to get mad at the preacher. Well, he didn't do this and he didn't do that. What if he's led of God to delay? What if God don't give him an answer just to see what your response will be? Well, praise the Lord. 
So what did God do? God moved upon Job's brothers and his sister. Now, no doubt they had big families in those days. So he had nieces, he had nephews, had all kinds of family. He was a well-known man. We know how that is. He was a well-known man and a rich man. All kinds of people wanted to be around him. There wasn't nobody, Brother Louis. Nobody. No sisters, no brothers. And women are generally tender-hearted. Where was his sister? God said, I want every one of you to leave him. This is between me and Satan and Job. God didn't brag on Job and his brothers. God didn't brag on Job and his sisters. God bragged on Job. If you're honest, you'll say tonight as I can. There's so many times I've went through such trials in my life and it seemed as if though I was all alone. There's been trials I've been through and God give me help and the church body here has been through trials and we stood through them together. But some of the hardest, most difficult things I've ever been through when the Almighty God spoke to me to come here 33 years ago. I stood nearly alone. Preacher friends that I loved and respected, they warned me, don't you go there. It'll destroy you. It'll be the downfall of your ministry. All I know was the Almighty spoke to me to come here. He made me stand alone and by myself. But I've learned him. I've learned sometimes, Harry, that whenever it comes right down to it, it ain't you and the deacon board and the trustee board, but it's you and him. It ain't just you and your wife and your son and your cousins and your nephews and your third cousin and second cousins. It comes right down to it's you and him. Your wife may not even understand you sometimes. Your brothers may not understand you. But God said it's me and Satan and Louis. I've done bragged on Louis and the devil done slurred him. Now, Louis, you got to prove, buddy. Notice this in Job 19:14. My kinsfolk have failed. My familiar friends have forgotten me. Y'all see why now the Lord, the devil didn't want me to preach this a few weeks ago, don't you? They that dwell in mine house and my maids count me for a stranger. I am an alien. And there's his hired help. Before, all he would have to do, Harry, is look at them and they would tremble. Not now. He's a laughing stock. Maybe the brothers and sisters would all get together for a Thanksgiving dinner. Anybody heard from Job? No, I heard he's in bad shape. Y'all been touching him? I ain't getting around that. Lord have mercy. He's itching, got diarrhea, got bad breath. His skin's turned all black. Lord, who knows what it is. I don't want to get around that. If you've seen him, I ain't seen him either. I don't want to pack that to my children. I've got a children. I've got family. I go over and say, poor old fellow. Well, I guess we can join together in prayer. God bless this turkey and bless Job. God, we pray you'd be merciful to our poor brother. We hear he's in bad shape. And Job thinking, where's my sisters? Where's my brothers? Where's my pastor? No pastor showed up. No deacon showed up. Nobody showed up. And when they finally did show up, they all come and said, all right, Job, we've come to indict you. You're a secret sinner. You've been sneaking around doing something wrong. There ain't no way you're going to tell me no servant of God is going to be stricken down with no TB or no cancer or no balls. They tell me the doctors don't even know what you got, Job. You're a secret sinner. I am not 
I have paid the right sacrifice. I don't know what's going on. I don't have the answer, but I know I'm just before the presence of God. Notice in verse 16, Job said, I called my servant, but he gave me no answer. I entreated him with my mouth. I called him. He lost such respect for me before I would look at him. And I would train him. I'd look and nod my head. He'd come right at me. I humbled myself so low that I even hollered. I begged him to come and help me. But he paid me no attention. Lord God, I ceased to be the master of my own house. Verse 17, my breath is strange. To my wife, though I entreated for the children's sake of my own body. Honey, remember our kids. If you won't do it for me, remember our kids. She said, do you still hold on to this message? Are you still holding on to this message stuff of prophet and all that stuff? Why don't you just curse God and die? He said, you speak like a foolish woman. The Lord give and the Lord took away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will not curse my God and die. You imagine. Verse 18. Yeah, young children despise me. I rose and they spake against me. All my inward friends abhorred me. And they whom I loved are turned against me. They bemoaned me. They shook their heads. Boy, what a man he used to be. Look at him now. Look at him. Praise God. And Satan was loving every minute of it. You imagine every day he couldn't wait to get up to Job's house. Hey, Job. Did you rest any in the ash heap? Did you have a good night, Job? Wonder where your God is. You testified how great he was. How wonderful he was. Where's he at now, Job? Oh, can't you see? God's turned his back on you. That liar. He wasn't about to tell him what God had done said. He knew what God said about him. But he wasn't about to let that secret out to him. Hallelujah. He wasn't about to tell the tell Job. I'll tell you one thing. If you knew what I knew about you, you'd be a whole lot happier. <laughs> I imagine tonight if we knew, hallelujah, when we go through things and God told the devil, have you considered my servant Daryl? Have you considered my servant Ron? Have you considered my servant Betty or Thelma or whoever more? Have you really considered my, I ain't got another daughter on the earth like him? And Satan said, let me have her. She'll curse you to your face. And God said, she won't do it. She won't do it. Four words. Maybe four months of suffering. Maybe a year. Maybe two. In order to prove them four words. But God spoke your life. The same one who created you by his spoken word. And he just spoke a furtherance of your testimony. Hallelujah. Amen. All the devils in hell can't stop it. Notice Job 42, 12. 
So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand she asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. Have you considered my servant, Job? But look at all the suffering that came for this end blessing. Oh, but I wonder tonight all that we will go through in our short span of mortal existence when God will bless our end more than our beginning. So, none of us remember our beginning, of course, but it was told to us maybe by our parents that you were born on a certain day and you was at the hospital or whatever more. And we're so happy to see you. And we wasn't sure if you was a boy or a girl at that time. You know, they didn't know. But, you know, you're just born in a little shack on the side of the road and whatever more. And this is what's implanted in us. So this was our beginning. But what will be the end of our mortality? We may get up one day while the virus is going on or whatever more is happening on the earth. And we're thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do today? I'm quarantined. I'm this and that and the other. And God says, today is your last day of quarantine. As a matter of fact, it's your last day of mortality. It's going home time. <laughs> your ends will be more blessed than your beginning. Let's stand together, brothers. Praise be to God. Can Satan understand such a people? He cannot. He is the opposite of kenosis. Kenosis people have learned by the life of the Holy One to give ourselves away. To give everything we have away. Instead of hoarding and keeping, we are a giving people. So give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, shall I cause men to give unto your bosom. Satan cannot relate to such. He cannot relate to men that will give their lives, their youth, their vitality for the gospel. And they become old men, old preachers. And they spent their entire life without any so-called fun. Satan don't understand that. He can't understand why young people would not want to be caught up in his things of the world. He just can't understand it. And you're constantly looking for more avenues to give away. God, what can I give you? God, what more can I do? Thinking, you've given him everything. Why would you want to give him more? You're a religious crank, a fanatic. You've been living for him for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. And I heard you say the other day, you have not one regret. What's the matter with you? Nothing. I just lost my mind. And I've been given the mind of Christ. You mean, Brother Donnie, you don't regret? Giving your life to the Lord at the age of 12. Not a day. I don't regret starting preaching at the age of 18. No. I don't regret spending hours and hours and hours studying. No. I don't regret praying for the sick brother devil. I don't regret it at all. Oh, I have regrets a lot. But it's my failures. Not any of that. Do I expect the devil to understand? I don't. 
But all I know is I want to give more. I want to do more. Maybe if you're in that trial tonight and that test and you're thinking, God, where are you? Nobody ain't called me. My friends ain't showed up. Don't get mad at them. Maybe God let it be orchestrated that way to see what you would do on your own two feet. To see where you would stand. If God has made a statement about you, if he made it about me and you, we'll stand together and I'll be there to help you, buddy. I give you my word of that. But if God made that statement about you and didn't include me, don't expect me to fight your half of the battle. Because I can't do it. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we give thanks, gratitude, Lord, for the service tonight. Lord Jesus, no doubt many of your people are being tried and tested in ways that they never even thought of before. Our hearts break, Lord, wanting to be with one another. I just get to thinking about the people, Lord, I miss them so bad. Different ones have been in the hospital and I can't even go see them. They're my sheep. I want to see them when they're sick. I want to pray for them. I want to try to say words that will help them comfort their hearts. I just wish I could bring them all together tonight as a shepherd with his sheep and just be able to put my arms around them and ask them how they've been and how they're doing. I can't do that, Lord. And the sad thing about it is I'm not sure how much longer this is going to be ongoing. I don't know how much longer it will be before I'll get to see him again. But really, I'm just, I'm just the under-shepherd. You're the great shepherd. So would you slip your arms around them, Lord? Because of what we're going through, I can't even get to them. But may you go there to them, Lord. If you've said words about us before this virus ever broke, about your bride around the world. I've got a people, Satan, that'll stand. Maybe he went before the throne of God and said, I'll tell you what you do. You let me stop church services. I'll prove to you why there'll be half of them backslid. Before two weeks ever rolls around, the churches will be empty. And God said, you can't do it. I don't know what you've said about us, Lord. But I know one thing. I want to fulfill every word that you spoke about me. Lord, I don't want the words that you spoke about Brother Darrell. I love him. I respect him. We're co-laborers together. But I don't want his word. And he don't want mine. We want each other's. Lord, maybe you spoke a word about Brother Darrell and his back. Satan may come up to his throne and say, I'll tell you what you do. You let me touch him. You know, a preacher's back and his throat, two of the main things that he needs, especially a hard preacher, preaching from his diaphragm, bending over, praying for the people. You let me touch him. I'll turn him from you. Oh, I imagine your voice echoed back and said, you can't do it, Satan. Me and Daryl's been buddies for years. We've been fellowshipping for a long time. Was it similar, Lord, when old Satan come up before you and you said, have you considered my servant 
Ron Spencer. I love him. He's one of my boys down there in the last day. I've gifted him, give him a ministry to speak to my people and pray for them. Satan said, oh, sure. He can tell all kinds of people to have great faith. But you let me attack him. Oh, he's been through all kinds of things. But let me, let me supersede everything I've ever done before. Let him be diagnosed with cancer. Every human being in this age fears that word, God. It'll shake him to his knees. Your confident words echoing back, you can't do it. I know my boy. Not only that, I'll send two of my other boys up to see him. They'll meet there in his house. They'll go to talking with him and praying with him. I'll send my presence down in a supernatural way. An angelic tongue will begin to speak. Glory be to God. Supernatural dynamics will fill that house in such a way it'll feel like the rapture is fixing to transpire. I'll strengthen my servant for the hard days that come. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd help each of us. Whatever you've said about Happy Valley and all the churches around the world during this time, may we fulfill that word, Lord. May we be faithful. We love you, Father God. Keep us true, Lord Jesus. God bless you, saints. I love you. Service Sunday morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's sing this little song together just before we get ready to leave here in a few minutes. We're going to make it. I believe that with all of my heart. We are going to make it. Let's sing about it, if you will. Yes, I'm going to make it. He's already said that I will.
sing a little bit of it tonight. I'll see you in the rapture. Oh yes, I'll see you in the rapture. I'll see you in the rapture. I'll meet you Savior 